Hello everyone and welcome to the October 30th Halloween edition of WorkComp Academy California Weekly News. I'm Erica Willis with Floyd, Scarron and Kelly. Nice to see you. Let's get started with our legislative report. Two weeks ago, Senator Rockefeller proposed to merge WorkComp Healthcare into the national healthcare system as part of the Obama healthcare reform. Legislators have not acted upon his and hundreds of other pending healthcare amendments in the Senate. UC Berkeley researchers published a study this week that claims there would be substantial cost savings should such a merger take place. The paper claims that California Work Comp Insurance administrative overhead accounts for 50 to 60 percent of comp premiums. Now that's scary. The study argues that integrating occupational medical care into the more efficient group health model would reduce administration costs to 12 to 13 percent of premiums. Researchers claim that the estimated savings for the entire U.S. would be between $490 and $560 billion over 10 years. If true, this would pay for between 26 and 78 percent of the incremental cost of universal coverage sought by the Obama administration. This research was funded by a grant from the California Healthcare Foundation and can be downloaded from our website. In other news, a RAND Center study released this week proposes several DWC regulatory actions to reduce unnecessary work comp medical expenses. The changes they suggest are already authorized by law and are awaiting regulatory action by the administrative director. RAND claims that the billing procedures for specialty hospitals allow charges for surgical device pass-throughs in addition to the 120% of Medicare fees they charge. Employers are therefore paying for the same surgical hardware twice. The RAND study further notes that specialty hospitals, particularly rehabilitation facilities, remain exempt from the OMFS and have fees that are unreasonably high. RAND calculates that authorized changes to the OMFS for ambulatory surgery center charges could save $70 million in 2010. The RAND study also noted that DWC proposed rules for electronic billing for physicians were issued in July 2007, but final rules have not yet been adopted. RAND recommends that the administrative director take regulatory action to close these loopholes and reduce unnecessary medical costs as soon as possible. And several insurance companies had some good news this week. CompWest Insurance Company, a specialty provider of workers' compensation insurance, has been named a 2009 Best Place to Work in Insurance. Judges considered all U.S. insurers, agents, and brokers, with 25 or more employees serving commercial markets. They evaluated a variety of areas, including work environment, corporate culture, communications, and role satisfaction. This year's final list recognized an elite group of the 33 highest scoring companies. Of these, CompWest was among only 14 insurers named to the list and the only insurer from California. Way to go, guys. Founded in 2004, CompWest Insurance Company insures more than 2,400 employers in seven states across the West. In other exciting news, a subsidiary of Employers Holdings, Employers Occupational Health, has just received Utilization Management Accreditation. The accreditation was awarded by the Utilization Review Accreditation Commission, also known as URAC. Accreditation is given when this impartial organization determines a company is conducting business in a manner consistent with national standards. Standards include patient protections, such as policies for confidentiality, informed consent, dispute resolution, and other issues. 
In other news, Liberty Mutual's third quarter net income jumped from six to $265 million, according to their financial report this week. Much of the profit was due to improvements in investment income and a benign hurricane season. Officers report that the acquisition of Safeco is also proving to be more profitable than expected. Despite higher profits, the company has concern about pricing and reforms in the workers' compensation market in both California and Florida. Despite these concerns, they are not yet exiting the workers' compensation market. But they have set careful underwriting standards with the greatest concern in Florida. And in news about the battle against fraud. The Contra Costa County District Attorney's Office announced more than a $160,000 civil judgment against the owner of a Southern California trucking company. Prosecutors say Miguel Navarro of Navarro's Trucking was awarded a postal contract to transport bulk mail in the Los Angeles area. Navarro allegedly violated that contract by failing to secure workers' compensation insurance. State and federal investigators brought the case to a district attorney's office fraud unit for civil action. Navarro admitted no liability in the settlement. Navarro Trucking, however, is no longer under contract with the Postal Service. And there has been some news from the Court of Appeal. Appeals have now been filed in the cases of Almarez Guzman and the third controversial case of Wanda Ogilvie. These cases are pending in three different appellate districts. The Guzman case was filed on October 16th in the 6th District Court of Appeal on behalf of the employer. The Almaraz case was filed on October 19th in the 5th District Court of Appeal on behalf of the state fund. Wanda Ogilvie was the first to file a petition in the 1st District Court of Appeal on October 7th. The employer in that case responded by filing their petition on October 15th. No hearings have been scheduled yet in any of these cases, but stay tuned. It is expected that industry stakeholders will ask to file amicus briefs on both sides of the controversial issues raised in these cases. It will be months before there will be any final resolution to this landmark litigation. In other news, the California Compensation Institute reported on the after effects of SB 899 after analyzing data from over 200,000 permanent disability claims. Most of what they discovered was good news. There was less attorney involvement and an increase in claim closure and a reduction of the average amount in permanent disability paid. There were, however, regional differences in the data. Los Angeles lagged behind other cities with the worst case closure rate both before and after reforms. Los Angeles also had well above average attorney involvement in claims. Much of the good news seems to have avoided Southern California employers. In other news, the San Francisco Recreation and Park Department claims that one out of every five employees reported a workers' compensation injury last year, and that was considered one of their better years. These injuries took $3.5 million out of the current park and rec budget. Managers are aiming to reduce the number of injured workers in order to save money. In January, the department will start a safety advisory committee. They will hold awareness meetings and enforce a rule that supervisors have to teach staff the lessons learned after each injury. About 70% of the employees who have an injury and are able to work have not been offered temporary assignments. The department will do a better job of offering modified work. Santa Clara County is building a new $671 million wing at the county-run medical center in San Jose. 
the county is trying a novel insurance approach in an effort to reduce workers' compensation costs for this project. They will use alternative dispute resolution instead of the WCAB to resolve disputes for industrial injuries. Private construction projects that have collective bargaining agreements frequently use alternative dispute resolution. However, alternative dispute resolution is relatively new to the public sector. Under this process, workers' comp claims will be sent to a multi-tiered mediation process, starting with a facilitator rather than the traditional route to the appeals board. Officials believe that one of the reasons workers' comp costs are so high is litigation. They claim that they can save several months in the process and as much as 80% of costs associated with the court system. And here's what's coming up next week. On Sunday, November 1st, the 6th Annual Guidelines International Network, or GIN, will be held in Lisbon, Portugal. This conference will showcase new research and best practices in the area of evidence-based medicine. And on Wednesday, November 4th, the Workers' Compensation Research Institute will hold the 26th Annual Issues and Research Conference in Boston. On Thursday, November 5th, the 2009 National Conference on Insurance Guarantee Funds Fall Workshop will take place at the Hyatt Regency in Lake Tahoe. Mark your calendars. The event speakers will include receiving receivers working on the front lines of insolvencies and runoffs, including Reliance, Legion, Home, Arrowwood, and others. Information about these exciting events and others can be found on our website by clicking on the Work Comp Calendar tab on the top of our homepage. That's all the news for the, and events for this week. Please check our website daily for news updates, past editions of our news, and much, much more. And remember, you can subscribe to our weekly news podcasts and special reports using your iPhone or iPod by searching for Work Comp Academy in the iTunes Store. They've got an app for that. Again, I'm Erica Willis with Floyd, Scarron, and Kelly. Happy Halloween, and thanks for joining us. Please visit us again next week for more exciting and tantalizing news.